Thank you so much. It's an honor to be with you. Thank you also, especially to Pastor Alan and Carol, who helped uh, me get here and uh, be at this meeting. I will be at, with him next week at the Bible School, and then we have healing meetings next week, Thursday, Friday, no, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Is that right? All right, so just to let you know about that. Uh, I just want to give you some background where I'm from. Uh, like I started to say, I'm originally from Holland, from Europe. And uh, you know, so my wife, every, sometimes when she gets mad at me, she refers to me as Euro trash. And uh, so <laughs> it doesn't always help, but uh, that's, that's, that's my background. So I'm, I moved to Canada when I was uh, seven, 17. Uh, around that time, you know, my whole family came over, my mom and my dad, six kids, and my dad bought a business. And like we jokingly tell about it, you know, he did his best to go broke in the first year. So it was not a pretty scene, you know, because my, my, my dad was not really doing well with his business. He's kind of a strong type of a personality, but he was not doing well during that time. He actually got very close to a nervous breakdown because he just did not know what to, what to do. He couldn't borrow any more money. The people that owed him were not able to pay him back. He needed some money. He needed $30,000 to get out of debt. Now, this is in the late 70s. So $30,000 was quite a bit of money. It still is a lot of money if you don't have it. Isn't that right? So uh, he needed $30,000 at the time, and he didn't have it. And so he's close to a nervous breakdown. There's a lot of strife in our home during that time. I was working at Old College at that time, and I would come home, and there's always, they're always fighting about something. But usually it was money, because my mom was spending the money as quick as my dad was able to make it, and he was not making any. So he's, she's, she didn't quit. She's still spending money. So obviously there's a lot of strife going on, and that's what I would come home to every weekend. So that's not a lot of fun. And so uh, it, it got to the point that my mom and dad, they went to a charismatic Bible study. Now, I didn't know what a Bible study was, much less a charismatic Bible study, but they went and they came home and told us kids, they gathered all the kids around them, and they said to us, you know, they said to us, we're Christians now. Well, I thought we already were because I had sort of grown up in a church, not really strong, uh, but growing up in, in, in Holland and moving to Canada, you know, you're part of a, of a mainline church, right? And uh, so I thought I was a Christian because you grew up in the West and you moved to Canada. Everybody seems to be a Christian as well. It's just a Christian atmosphere. That's what I thought. So when they came home with that statement, we're Christians now, I was floored because I thought we already were. And so that really bothered me. But I did notice this. Every time when I come home now, when I'm coming home on, on weekends, the atmosphere in our home had absolutely changed. You know, where there was strife, there's a lot of peace. There's a lot of, I don't know, everything had changed, you know. There was, there were no more, there's no more fights about money. And so what had happened during the time is that my, my mom and dad, they gave the heart to the Lord. But not only did they give the heart to the Lord, my dad gave his business to the Lord as well. I didn't know you could do that, but he did. And so about a week later, somebody phoned him from Holland and said, Fred, do you need this much money? And my dad said, yeah. And he figured it out, you know, with the exchange rate back then from $1,500 
guilders into dollars. It came to the exact amount that he needed, which was about $30,000. He hoped that this man would just kind of borrow it to him. But this man from Holland, not, not even a believer, he just sent the money to him and he gave it to him. So that is a miracle for a Dutchman <laughs> to give money away. <laughs> An unsaved Dutchman to give money away. That's a huge miracle. So I knew something, something is up. That I had never heard of anybody giving $30,000 away. So he gave it to my dad. And my, my dad immediately was out of the hole. He started to go to full gospel businessmen because that's the main... Uh, you know, the main people of this Bible study, they were all full gospel businessmen. So this is the late 70s. And I'm, I'm kind of, you know, struggling with all of this because, you know, I thought I was a Christian. I'm finding out uh, there's a lot more to it than I thought. You know, I just thought that you just the best you can. You don't smoke, you don't drink. Well, I was doing all of them, but, you know, <laughs> I was told you don't smoke, you don't drink, you don't chew, you don't run out, go out with the girls that do. You know, I was doing it all of it anyway, but I thought I had this, you know, mastered in my own mind till I found out, man, these people have a whole different, they, they're almost friends with Jesus. That's what it felt like. They're, you know, they, they, they talk to him, they they sing about him. They have studies about him. They asked me to come and sit in on one of their Bible studies. Oh, dear God, I mean, I'd never seen anything like it. Because they're, you know, they're singing, they're lifting their hands. I'm the only one that is not lifting his hands. I didn't know what to do with my hands anymore. I stick them in my pocket because I was so uncomfortable because of what was taking, taking place. And uh, so to make a long story short, it took me a long time. Right? It took me a long time to figure all of this thing out because I just thought that if you're a Christian, it just means you're a, you're a good guy. You don't do this and you don't do that. And when you get to heaven, if God likes you, you get to stay. If he doesn't, if he doesn't like you, he'll shoot you off to hell and you won't collect $200 on the way down. That's kind of, <laughs> that's kind of what I thought. And, uh, you know, but they were telling me, well, no, no, it's, it's, it's got nothing to do with what you do, with what you haven't done or what you should have done. It's got everything to do with what Jesus has done. Now, that came as news to me. I, I didn't know any of this stuff. So I'm, you know, I'm supposedly a Christian, but I don't know any of this stuff. And so I went to a full gospel businessmen's meeting and because my mom and dad, they invited me. And I thought, well, I should go. I should find out a little bit more about these business people because, you know, they, they seem to work well, obviously. So this guy, he gave a testimony about God blessing his business. And he said, I know that I'm going to heaven. I'm thinking to myself, who do you think you are? You know, I just thought these, these fat cats sitting up back then, it was a, they had a whole stage with all the, all the business people sitting up there. I thought they were fat cats. And, uh, you know, this guy is really arrogant, I thought, because he already knows he's going to heaven. God blessed his business. Well, I could see that because I'm seeing it on my, in my dad's business. But to say that you know you're going to heaven, I think, who do you think you are, right? I thought he was so arrogant, and so I had enough... Uh, 
guts at least to walk up to one of those guys and just ask him. You, know, you have to keep in mind, you know, I was a real, a very shy introvert. I didn't want to talk to people, and I'll tell you why in just a moment. Uh, I was very shy. I was an introvert. Didn't really want to mix and mingle with people. And uh, so I didn't really want to. But this really bugged me to a point that I walked up to him, and I asked one of these guys, like, how do you know you're going to heaven? Well, he didn't really help me a lot because he said, well, you just know that you know that you know. That didn't help me because I don't know anything. <laughs> and somebody else said, well, the peace of God that passes all understanding will come on you. Well, I didn't have that. I didn't even know what that was, although I did see some signs like that in my mom and dad. Right, so those are good things. And then thank God somebody had the word for me. How many of you know when somebody gives you the word, now you have some authority, right? Now you can do something. So this gentleman told me, he said, all you got to do is say with your mouth, you know, Romans chapter 10, verses 9 to 10. You're well and whole man in Jesus' name. All you got to do uh, is say with your mouth and believe in your heart. You know, Romans chapter 10, verses 9 and 10. If you confess or acknowledge with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, and if you believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. I said, you know what? I, I said, I don't have any problem with that. I confess that Jesus is Lord. I believe in my heart that God has raised him from the dead. Well, they said, based on that, you can now say that you're saved. I said, oh, no way. I said, then I'd be arrogant like, like you guys. I don't want to do that. <laughs> you know, that, that causes a lot of heartache, a lot of trouble. So it took me six months. And then finally, one of those full gospel businessmen, they kind of helped me out by chalking me into it. You know, he got so fed up with me because I keep asking the same question. How do you know? And they keep answering me with the same answer. If you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord. If you believe in your heart, God has raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. I said, I don't have any problem with that. See? And then they said, well, based on that, now you can say you're saved. I said, no, 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 I don't want to do that because that seems to be too arrogant, too pre presumptuous. And so finally, one full gospel businessman, he just got so frustrated with me. He said, he just looked me in the eye. He said, I'm saying it nice. <laughs> just say it. <laughs> so he, I kind of shocked it. I thought, okay, well, what can go wrong? If it's not true, it's not true. So I said, I confess with my mouth that Jesus is Lord. I believe in my heart that God has raised him from the dead, and I'm saved. And the minute I said it, I knew that I knew that I knew. <laughs> the peace of God that I was looking for, it came all, all, all over me. So I learned something about faith. You're going to have to express it with your mouth. Isn't that right? That's what the Bible says. See, I didn't mind doing the first part. I, you know, I didn't mind saying the first part. I confess that Jesus is Lord. I acknowledge with my mouth that Jesus is Lord. I believe in my heart that God raised him from the dead. But I needed to say the second part as well, make it personal. From now on, I am saved. And I knew that I knew that I knew that I was saved. So my life is really perking up because a few months later I got filled with the Holy Spirit. How many of you know that's, uh, that comes after being, being saved? Now you are a candidate to be filled with the Spirit, right? That's why you're saved. You know, we're not just saved so you can go to heaven. Did you know that? A lot of people think, well, you're saved, now you're going to heaven. That's your next step. Well, no, heaven wants to move inside of you in the form of the Holy Spirit. 
And so I didn't know any of this stuff, you know, but, uh, you know, but the same guys that told me you're saved told me now you got to be filled with the Spirit, speak in tongues. I said, okay. <laughs> so that took a little bit of time as well for, for me because my, my mind is always giving me problems. How many of you know, you know, <laughs> Christianity is with the heart. You know, but we're trained with our mind. That's why the Bible says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not to your own understanding. I was trying to trust in the Lord with all my understanding and not lean any, at any time to my heart. So you got to learn to trust things with your spirit. Isn't that right? So finally, I was filled with the Holy Spirit. Same thing by faith, right? You have to, to say something with your mouth. And so my life is really perking up. I'm working at the college, at Olds College and Agricultural College, just south of Red Deer. And, uh, you know, I met my girlfriend, who's now my wife. And my life is, you know, going from where I used to be. My goodness, I can tell you stories. It's not fun, you know. <laughs> Some people say Christians, being a Christian is so hard. Well, I got a different testimony. Being a sinner was real hard, <laughs> you know, because I was going down and down and down. And I, the only way to get rid of your your junk and the way that you got to deal with your feelings is by drinking or getting rid of it somehow. So I was tired of that kind of a lifestyle. So my life is really perking up at this moment. Found my girlfriend, you know, who's a believer, a strong believer as well. I'm working at the college and one fine spring morning in May, I just plugged in my time card that morning and I heard an audible voice. And, uh, you know, audible in the sense of it was audible to, to me. It was very loud and very authoritative, but not audible to anybody else. Nobody else heard it. But it, I jumped up when I heard it because the voice told me, the Holy Spirit said in a very authoritative voice, I have called you to plant a different seed. So I knew that the Lord had called me to preach. I just, I just knew that's, that's my calling. Which I could have known in the past, but I would always push it away. I would push those thoughts away because I couldn't talk. I had a horrible stuttering problem. I couldn't talk to people one-on-one, -on -one, much less in the crowd. I'd be, I'd be so frightened, you know, back in those days to stand in front of you. I mean, I couldn't say my own name without stuttering, right? So I'm always staying away from people because the minute that they find out the way I talk, they make fun of me. Or at least I think they're making fun of me because that's how I, how I grew up as a, as a kid. I mean, you know, kid can be, kids can be mean. They make nasty statements about you. So I always stayed away as much as I can from people. As a matter of fact, I had a good friend and I, and I um, you know, bore my soul on us, you know, so to speak, on his shoulder one time. I said, you know what? I think because of this whole stuttering thing, I think I grew up with a, uh, with a uh, low self-esteem and an inferiority complex. He said, no. He said, you don't have an inferiority complex. He said, you're just plain inferior. <laughs> so, so how many of you know that's not really helpful when you hear those kind of things? <laughs> that's what he said. So I'm grown up that way. I, I stay away from people as much as I can because I don't want them to find out that I can't talk. And so I would always, you know, be very hesitant in class. I don't want to be seen. I'd never make eye contact with the teacher just in case that eye contact forces me to make, to have to say something to him in public. I don't want to do that. So now I hear this voice, very authoritative. I have called you to plant, enough, to plant a different seed. I knew the Lord had called me to preach. So... I'm, I'm struggling with this, you know. I know I can't say no because by, by this time I'd heard of Moses. 
I'd heard of Oral Roberts, I'd heard of Benny Hinn, who all had similar problems as well, similar issues. So I know I can't say no, but I don't want to say yes, because if I say yes, that's going to open up a door for me that I'm not really comfortable with. So I'm working all day long. Actually, I'm driving the tractor all day long. You know, some of you have, if you drive a tractor, you can do a lot of thinking, right? <laughs> so I'm thinking and I'm meditating on what's just been said. So finally, at the end of the day, I said to the Lord, I said, Lord, I will do it, but you're going to have to help me. And really, that's all he, all he was waiting for at that time. He's, you know, just for me to say, I will do it, but you're going to have to help me. Now, I didn't know exactly what that meant. Secretly, I was hoping I would wake up one fine morning and all my problems are gone. But have you ever noticed that's not how it works in life, <laughs> right? We have these little fairy tales, but, you know, but the way that things move and change in your life is when you apply the Word of God by faith. And so, um, you know, about a month later after that incident, somebody by the name of Kenneth E. Hagen came by our area. Uh, he, was, he spoke in Calgary. He spoke in Edmonton. I went to the Edmonton meeting because some well-meaning believers thought I should go. I thought, okay, I'll go. You know, I don't mind taking the day off. So I took the day off, and this gentleman spoke a real simple message on a woman with the issue of blood. And he read the story, and he got to the place where Jesus had something to say to this lady, and he asked this question to the audience. He said, now what did Jesus say made the woman whole? Did he say, my grace made you whole? Well, that sounded really good to my religious trained ears, because I'm thinking everything is by grace. And how many of you know that is true? But it's not the full story. We're a full gospel businessman. So you have to have the full gospel. I heard it's all by grace, and that is true. There's nothing wrong with that. But it's not the full picture. Because everything is certainly by grace and by grace alone. But it left the impression with me that I've got nothing to do with anything. Right? If I wanted to be made whole, then I needed to, you know, God needed to take his grace gun and shoot it at me. And so I'm here hoping that he notices me. Over here, please, I'm in need of some serious healing. And, uh, you know, that didn't seem to work. It didn't seem to happen. And so he, his next question was, did Jesus say, my power or my anointing has made you whole? Again, that sounded really good to my religious trained ears because I'm thinking it's all up to God and so uh, I didn't have my Bible with me because the church I'm from the Bibles are in front of the pew and they didn't have that so I didn't have my Bible with me but my but my neighbor had his Bible with him who by the way that night was healed of ALS or Lou Gehrig's disease he had his Bible with him and um, so I checked on his Bible and my goodness, the words just hit me like a ton of bricks where Jesus said, your faith has made you whole. So I, I learned that night, everything that has been provided for us is the grace of God. You could call it the forgiveness of sin, the healing of the body, the blessing of the Lord that makes you rich and does not, he doesn't add any sorrow to it. All these things you could call the blessing of the Lord is by grace, but in order for that to become real and relevant in your life, you still have to apply faith. So I thought to myself, well, I'm, all I'm going to do is I'm going to get me some faith. I'm going to study some about this faith. Well, the devil is right there, of course. He told me, you don't have to worry about that because you don't have any. 
I'm sure he's told you the same thing, right? We always think, well, you know, if only I had more faith. But how many of you know, you don't need more faith. You just need to know what the will of God is, which will bring the faith to you. The more you know it's God's will for you to be whole, the easier it is for you to exercise faith in that area. So I just started studying and I just started learning for myself. I just, you know, I was, I was, I was reading the Bible all the time. I, you know, I, I, I didn't think I would ever read the Bible in my life, but I started reading the Bible. I started listening to tapes, especially on the topic of healing, because I needed healing in my, in my life. People used to call me tapeworm, because huh, I'm always plugging, I plug in the tape in my Walkman and I listen while I'm at work for eight hours a day, because Faith cometh by hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing. And I heard and I heard and I heard and I heard. And the more I heard, the more faith came. And it's not that I was instantly healed, but thank God, over time, as I laid hold on what the Word said about me, it changed me from the inside out. How many of you know that's very important? Right? You can't just change by external forces. You can't change because somebody tells you to. You can't change because, you know, you've been caught, you know, with your pants down, so to speak. You know, you can't change because of external forces. But the change that will help you is when God's Word becomes alive in your spirit and it transforms you from the inside out. And so over time, and I have to say I tried it sometimes because I wanted to practice this. And sometimes I would fall flat on my face and just wish there was a big hole in the floor uh, that I could sink into. And I felt like giving up. I felt like throwing the Bible away. I felt like throwing all of these tapes away and saying, well, it's not working. But it is working. Because how many of you know, because God's Word is like a seed, right? When you plant it, it'd be silly for you, for us to dig up the seed again and see if it's working. No, once you plant it, you leave it there, and all you got to do is just keep watering it. You just keep watering it. You just keep believing. You just keep saying. And over time, over a period of time, several, several years, you know, I could tell there's a change coming. I get stronger on the inside of me. One thing that I learned, there's a difference between being healed from a sickness like, a, like AIDS or what you're dealing with or a headache or arthritis or an infirmity. What I was dealing with is an infirmity. It is a weakness in your physical makeup that caused me to talk the way I did or not be able to talk the way I did. So there's lots of people that have infirmities, weaknesses. Alcoholism, in a sense, would be, it's just a weakness. You've yielded to something over a period of time, or maybe it come, or maybe it came in, you know, through your family. But thank God, we have a message, like, we have a message that is extremely powerful. Isn't that right? Because it tells us that you uh, that more, something more has taken place than just having your sins forgiven by your Heavenly Father. That's one thing that He did. But He did not just forgive you of your sin. He also changed us from the inside out. He made us a new creation in Christ Jesus. The old spiritual is dead and gone. You know what that means? You know, that engine that used to, that caused you to do what you used to do, that engine is dead and gone, and there's a new nature on the inside of you. And now, because you are a new creation in Christ Jesus, you are stronger than sin. If words mean anything, 
If the Bible means anything, if you have become a new creation, you are stronger than sin. You're stronger than that addiction. You're stronger than pornography. You're stronger than alcohol. You're stronger than whatever you, know, you are dealing with. You're stronger than sickness and disease. Can I make it really strong? You're stronger than the devil. He's been placed under your feet. So we always talk as though, you know, he's so big and so powerful. Sometimes Christians talk. They say, you know, I ask the question, how are you doing? Well, not too bad under the circumstances. What are you doing under the circumstances? You've been raised above. You are seated with Christ in, the, in, in heavenly places. So it'd be really helpful for, we, for us believers to take our rightful place in Christ. That's where your freedom is. Isn't, isn't that right? So I just started living out this whole, this whole Bible stuff, and I love it, <laughs> right? Because it is freedom. It brought freedom to how I talk. It brought freedom to how I thought. I'm no longer thinking small like I used to do. But now, you know, I can think the way that God wants me to think, which is according to his word. Right? And one of the statements, one of the, one of the uh, things that Paul said, you know, he said, And God is able to do exceeding abundantly above you can ask or even think according to the power that is working inside of you. So I have done my best since that time, and that's quite a few years ago now, to operate according to the Bible. And how many of you know that's where your answer is? Just believe the Bible more than your circumstances. Believe the Bible more than your infirmity. Believe the Bible more than your sickness. Believe the Bible more than your lack. Believe the Bible more than your circumstances you're involved in. And you'll see God turn major situations around. Isn't that right? That's, that's, really, that's really who he is. You know, God can do things. Now, sometimes we think he works apart from us, but really, his, what he wants to do, he wants to work through you. He wants to work through us, right? When Jesus went to heaven, you know, I always like to tell this story, you know, when Jesus was resurrected from the dead, he didn't come out with two front teeth missing, you know, his right leg dragging behind him and asking his followers, come on guys, help me out a little bit. Give me a little push. I need to go back to the Father. No, when he was raised from the dead, when he was resurrected, he came out swinging. All, he said, all power has been given unto me, both in heaven and on earth. Now, he didn't take the power with him. He left it here. He said, therefore you go. And just like my, my dear brother quoted already, in my name, you shall cast out devils. In my name, you will speak with new tongues. In my name, you will pick up serpents. They're not going to harm you. In my name, you will lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. So uh, having said all of this, you know, we want to open up the, the altar in just a few moments that if you need to be saved in the way that we're talking about, maybe you've been in church for your whole life and you've never really made Jesus Lord in your life. You know about him. You've heard about him, but you never made that kingdom transaction ever in the sense that you know that you know that you know that you're a child of God. Maybe that's you, or maybe you're here and you need healing in your body. Well, again, this altar is open. 
this altar is open for you to receive healing from heaven. Jesus is the healer. His presence is here. We are here. We are his servants. And so he instructed us to do his ministry on this earth. He told us that by saying, uh, he said, I go to the Father, the works that I do, you shall do also, and greater works than these you shall do, because I go to the Father. Well, he went. So that means we are now left with the works of Jesus and even greater works. Just to give you a real quick testimony of, 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 of how this works. Uh, you know, we've seen many, many healings, you know, even recently, I, you know, in our own church, a lady, you know, who was diagnosed with breast cancer, she came forward, we laid hands on her, on, on her. she went back, same kind of a story, uh, back in the MRI, nothing, there's nothing left of that cancer. Praise the Lord. But one of the greatest stories, and I'm, I'm going to hurry because I don't have that much time, but one of the greatest stories is how that the Holy Spirit leads you, right? He, he just leads you to places. And, uh, you know, something I'd want to get into all of the details here, but what really, uh, what something that happened to us, we were praying at one time, and just I just knew in my spirit there are things, I even said it, there are places to go, there are people to see, there are things to say, and there are things to, to do. I, I prayed it out in my, in my spirit, and I said it, and that made sense, you know. Then I go out of the prayer room, and I get back into the natural. So I thought to myself, well, everybody's got places to go. Everybody's got things to say. Everybody's got things to do. Everybody's got people to meet. So why is this such a big deal? But what happened from that moment on was I became much more conscious of the fact that there are divine appointments. Did you know there are people in your life that you must meet? There's people in, in, your, in your life that you need to meet them for your sake and perhaps for their sake as well. So uh, what happened was a little, little while later, my daughter-in-law, at the time she was not my daughter-in-law, but she had just come back from a mission trip. And she told me, I've been everywhere where I wanted to go except for one place, and that is Gulu, Uganda. So the minute she said Gulu, Uganda, I knew in my spirit I must go there. I'd never heard of Gulu, Uganda. So I Googled Gulu, <laughs> found, out, found out it's a real strange place, you know, like if you've ever heard of, uh, of this weirdo by the name of Kony, you know, he does some really bizarre things with people. I don't want to get into that now, but you see the aftermath of it in the place where we were at. So I got my team to go to Gulu, and, um, you know, to make a long story short, out of that event came two brand new churches. So that's really wonderful. I just love those kind of stories. But there was something that happened that really hit me personally. And there was a lady behind the desk of the hotel where we stayed. And uh, she asked me to fill out the names of my team members. So I'm writing the names down. And like I normally would do, just simple. You know, it's not confrontational evangelism. Just a real simple question. I said, do you know Jesus? And she went like this to me. I don't want to know you. She said, I don't want to know you, Jesus. I'm a Muslim. I said, well, hey, I said, I'm not here to fight about that. But you know what? And I said it by the Spirit. You know what's going to happen to you? And I looked her in the eyeball. I said, Jesus is going to come to you, and he's going to make, make himself real to you. You wait and see. 
So she rolled her eyes at me like, oh, I'll be, I'll be waiting, she said, <laughs> real cynical. And so I left, and she stayed where she was at. The next day is Sunday morning, so I got up a little early from my messages. I got up for a cup of coffee at about 7 o'clock, and so I walked up to where the restaurant was. She was making breakfast. She's the manager of the hotel. And um, so as I'm coming up, pouring a cup of coffee, she came up to me and she asked me, can I have a cup of coffee with you? I said, sure. So we're sitting down over a cup of coffee and this is what she said. She said, last night, she said, a man dressed in white came to me and he said to me, child, follow your heart. Do what your heart says. And she said, I, I asked him, who are you? He said to her, I am the living one. Whom you don't, who you say you don't know and don't want to know, but I have always known you, and soon you will know me too. Have you seen those people? And he pointed at our team in this vision or a dream, or she didn't know what it was or if it actually happened. And uh, so she, and he said to her, listen to them, they're of my kingdom. And so he left, she said, and so she said, what, what do I do? I said, well, first and foremost, I believe you have seen the living Christ because there's no man that would be able to say that except Jesus the Christ. He's not just a prophet. You recognize him as a prophet, but he's more than a prophet. He is also the Lord of the human race. And so she accepted him. She received him as her Lord and as her Savior. She spoke with tongues. She would have received the Holy Spirit right there. Spoke with other tongues. Helped us lay hands on the sick the following day. Helped us with the mission a couple years later. Then uh, because she was a Muslim, the radical Muslims in Kampala were after her, wanting to kill her. Make a long story short, you know, I never would say this to anybody, but, uh, but I said it to her. Maybe, maybe you should come to Canada. Again, make a long story short, through a miracle, she was able to move on a refugee status and is now living in, in, in Winnipeg. And then a few, about a year and a half ago or so, I just you know, wanted to see her and the family she is with. And I took her for breakfast and, uh, and I, I said to her, you know, I said, um, you know, I said, every, Madia, I said, that's her name, Madia. Every time I think about you or every time I pray for you, which is really every, every day, I can't help but, and I said it with tears, I can't help, you know, but that you're my, that, you know, that you're my daughter. I said, that's how it feels to me. I said, I don't want to be weird about it, you know, but that's just how it feels. Well, she had tears in, in her eyes and she said, well, I just wish that I had a papa. I don't have anybody. She says, so we became family that way. Now, I, I have to say this, like I could not orchestrate that, right? You would never find me because I had such a hard time with Islam and Muslims, <laughs> right? I just really don't want to deal with them too much. So for God to, to make something like this happen, to see there's real people in different nations, in different religions, right, that he loves and that he knows. So that is a, that's a miracle that I would never be able to orchestrate by myself and for myself. But, you know, if you follow God, if you follow his spirit, if you follow the Bible, it's not a boring life. It's, my goodness, it is abundant life. It is fun. I love what I'm doing. Absolutely love what I'm doing. So if you're here tonight and you don't know this Jesus, maybe I can get you to stand up. Would you mind standing up just for a moment? You know, we want to we want to make some kingdom transactions. Would that be okay? Is that normal? I don't know what you normally do. Would you mind just standing up just for a moment as as we're going to 
finish this up in, in uh, prayer. Like if everyone stand. Everyone stand. If you're here and you're not really sure for yourself if Jesus is your Lord. You're, you're not really certain uh, where you're going to spend eternity. If you don't really know if you're a child of God, you know, to, tonight he wants you to know that his arms are stretched out towards you. He who comes to him, he will in no wise cast out, but instead he will embrace you. So, but if you've never made him the Lord in your life, if you've never made the transaction so that you know in your heart that you're a child of God, so that you know that you're going to heaven, if you're not really sure about that, I'm going to ask you just to raise your hand indicating to me, please pray for me. I want to know that I know that I know. I see one hand or two hands actually from one person. <laughs> Anyone else? Another one. Anyone else? You know, I'm not going to make a spectacle out of you, but I believe this is the most important transaction. More important than getting married. <laughs> More important. This is the most important transaction you'll ever make in your life. Anyone else, if you're here, if you're not really certain that Jesus is your Lord, that's two people. Anyone else? Real quick. All right, well, I'm going to do something you may never have done before in your whole life, but I'm going to ask you to come out of your seat and stand right in front of me. This is what Jesus said. He said, if you confess me before men, I will confess you before my heavenly Father. So why don't you come up, step out of the aisle, just come on up, and we're going to just pray a simple prayer with you. Same thing as what happened to, to me. Right? I'm just going to get you to say and do exactly what the Bible says. Would that be okay? Yeah? For you too? All right. Anyone else? While this is going on? Okay. Okay. Well, why don't you just say, say, say it with me? Everybody else, you may, may as well do the same thing. Like Romans chapter 10, verses 9 and 10 says, If you confess with your mouth Jesus as Lord, and if you believe with all your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you're saved. It's pretty simple, actually. I, I, I would have made it a lot more difficult. But <laughs> that's why I'm not God. <laughs> God. God did it all, right? So I'm going to ask you just to say this after me. You say, Father God, I come to you in Jesus' name. I confess that Jesus is my Lord. I believe with all my heart that you have raised him from the dead. And from this moment on, I am saved. I'm a new creation. The old has passed away. I repent of my past. And I receive new life. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, let me be the first one to, to welcome you to the family. Amen. Praise the Lord. Thank you.